Praise the Lord. What a wonderful worship time. And what's amazing is Laura and I did not talk about the songs to be sung tonight. And you're going to see in the message tonight that it has that those worship songs have everything to do with the message tonight. So praise the Lord. Well, let me get you get situated up here. Um, I'm glad everybody is tuned in tonight for uh, the service. We're live. So I would say um, the week before the the giant snowstorm of 2021, I was on a prayer walk one day. I do I go on a prayer walk every day, and uh, I was I was praying uh, about our country. I was praying over the church. I was praying over the times that we are living in, and as I prayed. A, um, a phrase came to mind uh, that, uh, that actually was a title of a book by Francis Schaeffer in the mid-70s. And that phrase is, how should we then live? Question mark. How should we then live? And Francis Schaeffer was writing about, frankly, the deterioration of society in the 70s. And... Um, uh, and the and the um, the fracturing of uh, Western thought, and he posed that question: How should we then live? And that was what was on my heart as I as I was on that prayer walk because I was just at loose ends before the Almighty God, and I'm saying, How should I live right now? This was a word to me personally in my prayer walk, and then over the ensuing weeks. The Lord continued to pour into me um, how we should live in these days. And that's what I want to share with you tonight. So get your Bibles out and turn, if you will, to um, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. And wouldn't you know it that, uh, here we go. So 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 15 and 16. And I'm going to give you the bottom line up front tonight. So we're going to start with how we should live. And then we're going to develop that. And hopefully the Holy Spirit is going to instruct us and, and going to teach us and indwell us and tell us how we should live from this point forward. So 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, I memorized this in the Revised Standard Version, so that's what I'm going to give it to you in. And it says, but as he who called you is holy, be holy yourselves in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. We've just been singing about that. He alone is holy. And, and so he's calling to us, and Peter is writing the church, he's writing to you and me today, <clears throat> and he is saying, because he who called you is holy, you should be holy in all your conduct. Hebrews 12, 14. Flip over there. <clears throat> I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. 
because I like the way it's worded. <clears throat> and it says, work at living in peace with everyone. And work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. That's a hard word. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. The word, the Greek word for work translated there, in the King James it says follow, it's the same word, and, and the Greek word is dioko. And it means to pursue or to run swiftly in order to catch. That's what it means. So we're to work at living a holy life, so we are to pursue the holy life. We are to run swiftly in order to catch a holy life. That, church, to me, denotes action, not apathy. You have to be moving in order to run swiftly. So the writer of Hebrews is saying, work at living a holy life, pursue it, run after it, and run swiftly after it in order to make it yours. Well, that, that is the command. That is a command. It is not a suggestion. So we are commanded to live holy lives in all of our conduct. So that means everything that we do, the whole sphere of our life, whether we're at work, whether we're at play, whether we're at home, whether we're sleeping, rise up, walking by the way, we are supposed to live a holy life. But there's a catch to all of this. And it, and it began way back in the first book of the Bible with Adam and Eve. And in Genesis 3.17, God is speaking to Adam, and he says, The ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. And from that point, because Adam and Eve sinned, they were cast out of the garden, out of paradise, and they were cast into a world where... The ground was cursed because of their sin. Over in Romans 8, it says that the whole creation is groaning in travail together until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves groan inwardly because of this. And so he says to Adam, all your life, you will struggle to scratch a living from it. And we have been scratching a living ever since then. Therefore, we have become used to unholiness in an unholy world. And it is an expected natural part of this world. So when you deal with somebody, you're wondering whether they are totally honest with you. If you have a politician, you wonder if he's going to deliver on his promises. If you uh, see an advertisement on the TV or hear it on the radio, 
you wonder whether it's going to be all it's cracked up to be because there is unholiness in this world. So from the day that we were born until the day that we accepted Christ, hopefully, and maybe even beyond that, we have been used to unholiness. And yet, God is totally holy. And He calls us to holiness. We have been too... I don't know what the word is. Too, too immersed in, in the world. So 1 John 2, 15 and 16, if you want to flip over to that, it says, Do not love the world or the things that are in the world, for all that is in the world is not of the Father, it is of the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. So those three things, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life are the three things that get us. It's the three things that got Adam and Eve. It's the three things that Jesus was tempted on when He was in the wilderness. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And so if we go after the world, then love for the Father is not in us. We are, we are to leave the world and go to holiness. 1 Peter 2.11 says, Beloved, I beseech you as aliens and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh that wage war against your soul. So those passions of the flesh that we have wage war against our soul. And yet we are told, you shall be holy, for I am holy. You shall be holy in all your conduct, because I am holy. Now I want to read James 4, 1 through 4. This is in the New Living. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. I'm being hard tonight because God was hard on me. <laughs> and I had to learn. I mean, I was a fighter pilot for 28 years, and fighter pilots are not known for their piety. Did you see Top Gun? <laughs> so, so I know about living in the world I know what the attractions of the world are, but if you are a friend of the world, you're an enemy of God. So church, what I'm calling you to do tonight, along with me, is to pursue holiness. Let's go on. So what are we going to do about all this? I mean, already, 
I feel the fear of God in me. So, first of all, what I want to do is, or what we need to do is, we need to understand the holiness of God. And the first time holy is used in the Bible, in the King James Version anyway, is in Exodus 3, 5. And if you remember that chapter, this is where Moses is going out in the desert and he's looking for his sheep and he sees this burning bush. And he comes up and he says, there's a burning bush. I'm going to get closer and find out what's going on here because it doesn't seem to be consumed. And as he approaches, God speaks to him out of the burning bush and he says, take off your sandals because where you are standing is holy ground. So holiness is associated with a holy God. So wherever God is, it is holy. And so God is totally, awesomely holy. And Moses comes in his presence, and in fact, when the God talked to him, and, and revealed who he was, it says that Moses hid his face from him for fear of who he was. That's what holiness does when we come into his holiness. Just nine verses later in that chapter, God tells Moses he's supposed to go back to the people in Egypt. And Moses says, well, who am I supposed to tell them sent me? And God says, Tell them, I am sent you. And so, in that, those two words, I am, is wrapped up all of God's holiness. I am. I am self-existent. I am self-sufficient. I have always been. Everything was made for me. I contain everything. I am holy. I am. That's who God is. So I want to read to you right now, because I'm very poor in describing this holiness, but A.W. Tozer, in a little book called The Knowledge of the Holy, did an excellent job at, at describing the holiness of God. And I want you to grab on to just this little bit of the holiness of God so that we can have a right understanding of what we're talking about tonight. So he says that God is the absolute quintessence of moral excellence, infinitely perfect in righteousness, purity, rectitude, and incomprehensible holiness. And in all this, he is uncreated, self-sufficient, and beyond the power of human thought to conceive or human speech to utter. Holy is the way God is. To be holy, he does not conform to a standard. He is that standard. He is absolutely holy with an infinite, incomprehensible fullness of purity that is incapable of being other than it is. Because He is holy, His attributes are holy. That is, whatever we think of as belonging to God must be thought of as holy. 
God is holy and He has made holiness the moral condition necessary to the health of His universe. Sin's temporary presence in the world only accents this. Whatever is holy is healthy. I love that, being a physician. Whatever is holy is healthy. Evil is a moral sickness that must end ultimately in death. The English word holy derives from the Anglo-Saxon word halig, which means well and whole. That's what holiness is. I don't have words to describe it. it like Tozer says, it is incomprehensible. But, but So how are we going to be holy? If we can't even begin to understand the, the, the vastness, the purity, the, what holiness is, how can we be holy? Well, let's talk about that. <clears throat> Proverbs 9.10 Flip over to Proverbs 9.10, get your pencil or your pen, and underline it. <clears throat> I'm going to read this from the King James. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Okay? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So what we have to start with, if we want to be holy, if we want to walk in holiness in all of our conduct, we have to begin with truth and the truth of the Word. And the Word says that the fear of the Lord is, is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So we begin with that truth, that we need to fear God and we need to know about His holiness. And then we join that truth of the Word with faith. They join and that Word is quickened to us. It becomes alive and active in us through faith. And when, when the truth of the Word and the faith come together, then the Holy Spirit has something to work with. And then the Holy Spirit reveals God's holiness and He makes us holy. That's why it's so important to allow the Holy Spirit to live the life of Christ in us. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17. New Living Translation says, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? So all of us together are the temple of God and His Spirit lives in us. Verse 17, God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. The word for destroy, the Greek word, is thero. And it means to destroy, to corrupt, to defile. It also means 
to lead a Christian church from that state of knowledge and holiness in which it ought to abide. So when we have Christians who do not know the Word, who are not walking in the Spirit, who are walking according to the flesh, then they are defiling a holy temple. So all the more reason for us, church, to be walking to pursue holy lives. Galatians 5.16, Paul writes and he says, But I say, walk by the Spirit and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. I want to read Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Put off the old nature, put on the new nature. And likewise, in Galatians, or I mean Colossians 3, 9 and 10, it says, Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. So that's what we are to do. We are to put off the old nature and, and we're to put on the new. We are to put on Christ. And that put on is just like what every one of you did this morning when you got out of bed and you put your clothes on. It's that putting on. We put on Christ. I was just reading in Luke 9, uh, 23 today, and it says, deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. So it is a daily denying, a daily putting off our old nature, and a daily taking up our cross and following Christ and walking in holiness and purity and righteousness. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's go on. So we have to borrow a phrase from Nike shoes and say, just do it. I want to read 2 Corinthians 7, 1 from the Passion Translation. Beloved ones, with promises like these and because of our deepest respect and worship of God, we must remove everything from our lives that contaminates body and spirit and continue to complete the development of holiness within us. Remove everything from our lives that contaminates body and spirit, and continue to complete the development of holiness within us. Well, how do we do that? So you might want to write these things down. Number one, first and foremost, is the Word of God. The Word is truth. It's eternal. It doesn't change. You can think of a, of a hand illustration. What do we do with the Word? We hear, read, study, memorize, and meditate. Read, hear, Read, study, memorize, meditate. Meditate is the thumb, so when you hear the Word, you meditate with it. When you read the Word, you meditate with it. When you study it, you meditate. When you memorize, you meditate. You meditate on the Word. That Word becomes living and active in you. The Word is in you. 
So we get into the Word, so the Word gets into us. The Word and then prayer. The Word and prayer go together. We read the Word. The Lord speaks to us through His Word. We respond back to Him in prayer. Ivan talked about this. It's a two-way street. It's a communication. If you want to grow in holiness, you have to grow in your relationship with the Lord. And the only way you can have a relationship, those of you who are married or have girlfriends or boyfriends, you've got to communicate or you're not going to grow in a relationship. And that's how it is with the Lord. Number two, when you, when you hear the Word and you know what the truth is, you have to do it. That's called obedience. And obedience needs to be watered with self-discipline. <clears throat> so we have John 14, 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So remember that those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Do you want to see the Lord? Obey. He will manifest himself to you, and you will see him, and you will walk in holiness and uprightness. Because it is through Jesus Christ that we have been made right with the Father, justified, just as if I'd never sinned. He put us there, and now we stand in a place of grace. Robert's been preaching on that grace. It is a grace that abounds toward us, so we need to read the Word, pray, obey, and have the discipline of Romans 12.1 to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. It's our reasonable worship. It's our reasonable walk. It's our reasonable response to a holy God. Meditate on the holiness of God. Now, ever since I went and did the uh, Integrative Medicine Fellowship, And I learned what meditation really is. I thought, you know, when when I was uh, being taught in the Navigators, they said, yeah, you're supposed to meditate on the Word. And they always said it was like a cow chewing its cud. You chew it, swallow it, bring it back up, chew on it some more. And that never did anything for me. (laughs) You know, I I just didn't get meditation out of that illustration. And, uh, But now I know what it really means to meditate and to use the imagination that God has given us. So you can can go, it says we can go right into the presence of God, right into His throne room. Well, just imagine you're going there and meditate on it. Let all that I am be still before God. And be there, be still. Be in His presence. Meditate on Him. Meditate on His holiness. Meditate on His righteousness, His justice. Meditate on the very point that He sent Jesus to die for our sins, washed us in His blood, rose to life. He's at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for us now. Meditate on that. And you will be changed and you will be changed from one degree of glory to another into the likeness of Christ. 
Lastly, Ephesians 5.18, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And Galatians 5.22 and 23 is the fruit of the Spirit. You know those. There's nine of them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. So what I want to do, we're almost done, but I want, I, want, I want everybody out there watching right now and everybody here to understand this. We know from 1 Corinthians 3.16 that we are God's temple and that the Holy Spirit dwells in us. And it's the Holy Spirit who is at work in us to make us holy, to, to unfold what holiness is to us. It's the only way we can know. We cannot know by our own rational minds. We can only know in the Spirit what holiness is in God and walk in holiness in our conduct. So we Christians are the church, right? We are the church. And whatever we do is what the church is doing. Let that sink in. Whatever we do is what the church is doing. And that's what really got me to thinking on my prayer walk that day, is what is the church doing today? Is the church running swiftly after holiness? Is the church holy? Or is the church apathetic, religious, unbelieving, doubting, is the church pursuing the world and everything that the world has to offer? If we're a friend of the world, we're an enemy of God. So we need to love God with all of our heart and our soul and our mind, and we need to pursue Him. So I want to end with this, and we're going to do something a little bit different tonight. I, I want you to um, just put, put everything aside. Don't take any more notes. I'm going to read from 2 Peter 3, 8 through 14. And I want you just to close your eyes, and I want you just to listen to the words. I want you to let the words seep into you. Listen with your ears. Listen intently and closely to the word. This is important. This is where what, what is really driving us to holiness. 2 Peter 3, 8-14, through 14, New Living Translation. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. No, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives 
you should live, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, He will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth He has promised, a world filled with God's righteousness. And so, dear friends, while you're waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in His sight. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I thank You that You are holy. You are awesome. You are to be held in reverence, in awe. And when we all come into Your presence, we will bend our knees and we will worship You, crying, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. That's who You are. We bring ourselves to You tonight, crying out to You. We want to be holy, pure, blameless, righteous, We know we've been covered by the blood of Jesus and we want to walk blameless lives. And we want to be healthy. Your holiness is health. So make us healthy in body and soul and spirit. Make us whole, not fractured, not torn into pieces, but whole complete in Christ Jesus and make us holy. We love you with all of our hearts. You love us with a love that we really can't comprehend. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who indwells us individually and indwells us as the body of Christ. That we are your temple and that temple is holy. So by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us, guard us, surround us with walls of righteousness. Surround us with Yourself. Surround us with Your care. We know we are in a war, and we are contending against principalities and powers, and world rulers of this present darkness, even spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. But you've given us your armor, and we will withstand in this evil day. So we stand in the power of your might, and we covenant with you tonight, saying that we will be holy in all of our conduct. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen and amen. So, uh, everybody out in, um, uh, I don't know what to call it, TV land, 
And, uh, and here uh, you can uh, give your tithes and offerings through the um, Waterhole app, and we can drop them off in the uh, buckets in the back. And uh, let me just pray over that. Father God, we take all of our tithes and our offerings, we give them to you, and because we're just giving back what you have given us, and we ask you to do great and mighty things with our tithes and offerings so that your kingdom will come, your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in Jesus' name, amen.